Alejandro from Catalyst Radio here, and today I have a very special guest. I can say a thousand good things about this gentleman, um, but basically he is my father. And uh, welcome, Walter Serrano. I will let you kind of give us a quick little introduction as well. Go for it. Hi, my name is Walter Serrano. Um, I've been in Canada for more than 30 years. It's kind of like I came from another country in El Salvador. And uh, um, right now, I just turned into 65 years old as a retired person. I feel like I am retired, but sometimes I need to do something. And uh, I don't want to say retire, but I will say semi-retire. Okay, so that's basically my days as it is now. I've been trying to watch movies and reading books as much as I can. I personally like the non-fiction books. And uh, I've been reading several ones through e-books or real books from that I bought from the library. And... Uh, on the spare time, uh, sometimes I get into the bike and go f biking for a while. And uh, th that's what uh, my routine is uh, on the daily basis. And uh, doing all my different activities at home too, like uh, cleaning and cooking and, and trying to enjoy all, all the time that I can't. So Amazing, amazing. So the uh, the in terms of the retirement and you know just for our guests here this this episode has is being recorded during a time where um, hopefully we're getting out of the first wave of the COVID nineteen virus but it's it's really limited our 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 kind of ability to be mobile and um, and and do a lot of things how are how are you finding that or how how has that affected you uh, during this whole retirement Kind of um, you know, with all the different types of activities that you've mentioned, are there some that you can't wait to get back to um, when there's a little bit more sense of reality uh, of of normality? Uh, well, yeah, I can think of like uh, I normally used to go to the library, enjoy the reading, the anything that is in there, especially the newspapers and and, and using the 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 internet through the wider computer computers and also borrowing movies and uh, the, going for a coffee and that means that uh, these days because of the COVID libraries are, are basically closed even though some of them are open but uh, only for pickup at the curb and uh, uh, that's sometimes I spend almost the whole day at the library, and that's something that I haven't been able to do. But instead, I've been kind of like as still reading books. I've been, as I said, reading ebooks. And recently, I got one real book that I put on hold before the COVID. That was February, I think. I put it on hold on the library, and they just sent me a message at, uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, I pick it up. I noticed that they 
they put it in a plastic bag and they put it on the table outside the library. So I went there and picked it up and then I read it basically in three days. And that, that, that's one of the special activities that I normally used to do. And, and because of this situation, I haven't been able to. But I am still reading through my ebook or my uh, and uh, borrowing the or watching movies too. Now that I have a, a Netflix, I've been enjoying that again. Always looking for based on true story movies as the same way that I read the the real facts or non-fiction books. Um, so, so that, that that's one of the main activities that is, is, is I, I kind of like, uh, I wish I still can do it. It's going to take some time, yes. but I, I will. Yes, for, for perspective, we're in at the end of August here and, and Sounds like you were waiting for about six months for that uh, book. So there's, there's been quite a backlog, and yeah. you know there's been certain stages of opening up and and um, that sort of thing. But uh, you know you, fi- you you finally did get that one book, and um, and it sounds like you really really enjoyed it. You know, finishing books in a day or three days is uh, is something that I haven't done in in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe never. <laughs> so that that really says that you really enjoyed that book. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's especially that book, it, I was interested in reading that and, uh, and somehow I put a pressure on myself on reading it faster. But on the side, I was enjoying the book and that was caught my attention and, and that's why I read it so fast. Fantastic. That sounds, that sounds really like an exciting book. Is it, is it possible to share what book that was? Yeah, it's uh, the name is uh, uh, Catch and Kill by Ros- uh, Rosdan Rosdan Rosdan. Uh, I just forgot the last name. This guy, he's Farrow. Uh, uh, That's his last name. Ros Rosdan Farrow. He's uh, he's a song of uh, uh, Mia Farrow. The the. And uh, the artist, and uh, it, it, it is good. He's 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 supposed to be a lawyer, and uh, uh, he was a journalist with the CNC, or CBS, and MSNBC, and it tells you all kind of uh, turmoil among the the media, uh, media outlets in in the states. It's just kind of like a lot of things, political, and and, and uh, it, it focuses on, on the investigation of the sex uh, uh, sex traders and sex. Uh, uh, What's this film producer? Uh, oh, like the uh, in Hollywood. In Hollywood, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, uh, this guy right now is in in, in jail. I can't remember his name, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not Epstein, but Winston. Harvey, yes, yeah. Harvey Winston. Yeah. Okay, very good. I'll I'll make sure to put the um, the details in the show notes here for everybody, um, in case you want to pick up that book, and and I'll uh, make sure that we're spelling the uh, name correctly, etc. Yeah. Well, Walter, what what about um, 
so as you know, on our on our podcast, we typically discuss you know major events, people, or things that have affected my guests' lives, um, and uh, you know as it relates to it being their catalyst, their I guess source for change or agent of change. Um, can you can you um, let us know kind of what your thoughts are on that in in terms of what you know in your life has been that sort of big impactful thing that really puts you in in uh, in the position you're in right now and you know how that came about well um through my life i guess is one of the ma major changes in my life was back in the several years ago when i was back in my country and i brought the wife and the kids moving from El Salvador to Canada was a, a big impact, a big change in the life. We uh, we all got used to the uh, different lifestyle and uh, years have passed so quickly and we are here right now. And that was 1986, I believe. Um, other changes, perhaps relationship, um, Things have changed at one point, just trying to help uh, some of my relatives and my family members uh, fleeing El Salvador. I had the intention of moving down to the States. That was another change. But it was kind of like a decision that uh, I made it based on the presumption that I was going to be able to help family members and establish myself and then in the states it wasn't at the end possible different things happened and that was the impact of that uh, something that i was wishing to do but i couldn't so i ended up coming back to canada that was another change like I initially i wanted to establish over there in the states but then i had to come back and then re-establish myself in here I went to look for a job. My background is in computer stuff. as a computer consultant. All the years that I went to work for Toronto Hydro back in my days. and uh, But this time I ended up finding an, a job with Amazon. And uh, that was a big change to me because of that. All my life I've been working behind the desk working with computers and dealing with uh, customers, like uh, fixing problems in the computers and maintenance on uh, software. And this time doing this job that I never done, it implied to do a lot of physical work, walking, uh, bending down, uh, stepping up on the uh, three-step ladder to pick up items. And this is <clears throat> because it's timed. The activity is timed by the by the <clears throat> the administration. We had to do it so quickly, and that was a big change to me. Not just the type of work, but the consequences were kind of like a physical. And then I started complaining about the pain on my legs and uh, the toxic environment over there 
but that was it. I spent a year and a half, more than a year and a half there. But and then the COVID came up back in March and April, and then I I didn't want to go back because it uh, it, it's, it meant to me that it was I was uh, I was uh, working with uh, so many people around and. Some people didn't didn't want to take out the the, the steps on, on the distancing, so I was afraid to get into getting sick. So I ended up having to resign, and at the same time, my 65 uh, birthday was approaching. So I decided to quit, and then I went to start. Collecting start the, to yeah, the retirement. Yeah. yeah. You start to embrace the, 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 the later years. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So the, the um what 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 is um really um resonated with me as it relates to some of the different moves that you've made and, and I've gotta say I, I certainly admire um how brave you are as as many other immigrants to this country are as well. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, every now and then I, I speak with my wife about that and, you know, would we be brave enough and have the courage to just pick up and leave all of our family and friends and, and go into a new world, a new language, a country with a new language, etc. Can, can you walk us through a little bit more about how that decision came about and, you know, obviously... It, it seems like it was all done for the better, but uh, get, can you give us a little bit more insight into that part of the um, the changes that you described? Yeah, especially in those days. That was back in 1986. I was, uh, uh, after graduating from uh, the university, I got a job with uh, one of the major uh, companies in, the, in, in El Salvador. I was working with the IT department and I was happy there, learning more about the programming languages and stuff like that. And the uh, situation or civil situation in El Salvador started getting into trouble because of the, there was what they called the guerrilla. And, and these people were kind of like any type of people, uh, professional people or uneducated people, educated people, they went through the mountains and they joined these forces against against the government. So that's how the civil war started in El Salvador. And that time was passing by and then nothing was getting better. Everything was getting worse. And then because of the, the situation, either the government or the guerrilla were killing each other but the main problem started with uh, third people being killed, like uh, any any people that were, were people that didn't went to the guerrilla or were not in the government. So that created a, a situation that every everyone wanted to either leave the country or. or, or questioning what to do and including that was myself even though i had a good job 
the wife also was working and the kids were small, one year and four year old. And then I said, well, there is a situation where the, uh, maybe we can move um, Canada, I believe, and uh, Australia, even Swiss, Switzerland, I believe, were countries that set up some help for the El Salvador. And that's when I heard about that, I said, well, maybe this is an opportunity to get not only better for the family, but to, to flee and to leave all this situation that, that it was so dangerous. Um, and, and it was kind of like a, 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 we couldn't even go out at night. We had I had to go to work and then come back around six and stay home. Not don't leave because of every day there was a point that every day there were so many dead people on the streets. Anyway, so that 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 was. Uh, different factors or reasons that make me uh, take uh, uh, the decision along with m my wife, the decision of moving. So then uh, we apply to the Canadian offices over there. There was a choice. The other choice was Australia. But then looking at the map in those days, they say we said, Australia is too far. But now I question that, far from where? I could have gone to Australia too, but we decided for applying for Canada, and that's uh, we were lucky that uh, we got uh, we had approved, and uh, that's how we decided to come by. And uh, I remember that my little kid was even wasn't even walking, started walking at the, uh, at the airport, and uh, so that that was basically the story of myself like a moving for that big big change moving from back home to canada and we've been here for more than 30 years now and I, we've been happy and we don't regret that decision amazing no certainly i i believe that you see the fruits of that uh, decision and and uh, you know what what other type of signs I, you know, would you have needed um, in order to make that decision as it relates to how safe the environment was in El Salvador at the time? I mean, that, that must have been like, a, like eye-opening, like, okay, let's do this. This is what's happening here and we're, we're going. If we can, we're going. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah it, it, it is the crucial decision because mainly because we didn't have well i we didn't have any idea where we were going to we knew the name of canada we knew that, that it was a big country that it was north of the united states and uh, uh, that not too much we didn't we even had to pick up the uh, the city that we might wanted to go and we ended up picking up uh, British Columbia, Vancouver, because my wife's cousin was living there already. That was the only reason that we picked uh, Vancouver. But we ended up, at, through the years, moving from Vancouver to Toronto. And that's where we are. And so it was a little bit difficult to 
to have some background as to make a decision where to go. And it was, the decision was because of the situation over there, it was difficult and we wanted to get out anywhere. As I said, it, could, it could have been Australia too. And in, in fact, I had some friends that decided to go there instead. Um, so that's, that's how it was. And, and I was going to say that, uh, of course, there was no Google at that time. So it, it wasn't easy as it is now to find the information about all these different countries, you know, in that crucial uh, short time frame, I'd imagine, where exactly. you, you, you had a little bit of time to research, yeah. but you did not have Google. So you nothing, you nothing at all, nothing at all. It's just uh, <laughs> perhaps just looking at the books and uh, not even books. Uh, perhaps a, a paper map just uh -huh. to, to have an idea where the country is and where the cities are or, or what the main cities might be that was the only the only thing but there was no much time about that because you know working and the, uh, the situation so bad the news and the people dying every day every day so that was a lot of tension on everybody everybody so yes and they, they didn't um they didn't provide any pamphlets or try to sell you on canada or australia no nothing at all in fact there was no news about these places so we i i think we knew oh, about this help canada help i can't remember the name of the office but there was an office in there there is no consulate there was no embassy I think there is now, but not in those days. There was an office just just to process those applications. And because of the situation was so bad, Canada decided to help the same way that Australia and some other countries did. So uh, we ended up knowing about that office through uh, somebody who was uh, uh, working with my wife, she, uh, my wife was working with uh, uh, at a hotel, one of the hotels, and there was a person that he was going there for lunch, I believe, and somehow they met, and this person mentioned to my wife about this office, helping. Uh, I believe this person was at one point in Toronto, and she was working for this office. Canadian office in El Salvador. That's how we knew about this help. And that's why that, that was the only thing that we knew. And then we decided to apply. Yeah, yes. I, um, I vaguely recall the, uh, you know, coming with a teddy bear and or getting a teddy bear in Vancouver. And um, I believe that we were provided with some winter clothing as well, as we had arrived in the winter time. Yeah, and as for everybody, it was, uh, I believe it was in January, January 15 or 16 or something. We flew to Toronto and then from Toronto, the following day, in the early in the morning, we flew to Vancouver. And being in Vancouver, we were told to go to this office, immigration office, I believe, and that's where every, everybody was getting uh, coats, uh, boots, and uh, uh, scarves, um, 
whatever we needed. And that was that was a good help. And it was for everybody that was arriving from, from different countries, not only from El Salvador. So that was a good An amazing, amazing yeah. yeah, amazing story of um of you know something really you know, dangerous, larger than you know one person can handle with a country in a little bit of uh, turmoil um, politically and st st uh, stable-wise that really propelled you and the family to move to Canada. That's a, a very amazing story and, and, an, and a story of gratitude too, it sounds like, uh, as it relates to the type of items that you know the Canadian government at the time um, mm -hmm. even provided to everybody that was arriving. Um, Canada continues to be that sort of... Um, country that always reaches out to to other countries as, for help and to accept immigrants what, what, how do you feel about that and, and you know because that continues to happen here in Canada well it, 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 it gives a little bit more of, of uh, like an incentive to me to stay in Canada because of that if I was one of those that Canada helped by allowing me to move from back home in El Salvador to come to Canada and settle down here. And now they keep, Canada keeps helping some people from some, so many different countries. That's amazing. And, and I love that and I like it. And that's, as I said, it wasn't just me. It is only for, always for so many different people and different background, different cultures. And, and and that's 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 beautiful, and that's why I love Canada, and that's why I am here, and that and uh, uh, I am so happy that. That's great. I just like you, you you had early on you had mentioned about the move from El Salvador to Canada and going to the United States to help family, and then coming back. I have, um, as you know, have uh, lived a little bit in. Mexico and the United Kingdom, but something that I always say to um, people, they, they often ask me how, you know, how come you decided to come back or you didn't stay or, or you know, there's a, a whole kind of um, this vision of Europe being very exciting to live in and, and to, to move to. And, and I always say to everybody, I mean, I find myself coming back to Canada because, you know, we have a great health system. It's um, relatively safe and stable, um, you know, given what's happened with COVID-19 and this virus, we've fared fairly well, um, I would say, uh, compared to the globe in regards to containing it and, you know, how it's, how, you know, we can argue about how it's been managed or mismanaged. But um, at the end of the day, um, from the different countries that I've been to, um, Canada certainly has a lot to offer and has been quite um, uh, giving in that sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Walter, you also mentioned, but when you mentioned you went to the United States to help family, that's something that I've uh, recognized throughout my life with you. It's, it's you know, you're always up for helping the family, the immediate family as much as possible, regardless of where um, individuals are, you know, El Salvador, uh, Canada, the United States. Um, can Is that is that kind of your way of being that sort of um, catalyst for other people? Because that's, that's really what I see in you. 
Yes, yes, that's exactly what is been happening. I'm always trying to help out, especially the family members, and, uh, and it doesn't mean that I cannot help anybody else if I could. Um, I'm always trying to help, and uh, it, it was too bad in this case that I wanted to to help, especially one of my brothers that left the country because of the same situation, basically the same situation because of the situation in El Salvador has not been much better at all. It's been either worse or in different, in different, I will say in different aspect. Like before it was the, uh, in my days, it was the guerrilla fighting the government and at one point there was a peace agreement that it was signed between the the two the two groups and supposedly the situation was going to be better but it's not on top of that there are gangs of people that were created in el salvador and most of them came from united states too because of the united states Sending all these people back to all their different countries of origin, and that created more problems. So anyway, so that's that's in that sense is telling you that the situation in El Salvador is not so good. So that's why one of my brothers decided to come to uh, to the United States. Um, situations as as being legally or illegally came up and the, and well that's been one of the factors I guess why I decided to come back to Canada and uh, uh, the situation is, is still the same everywhere in El Salvador and in the United States and on top of that we have the virus now Anyway, so the intention is always to help, and I'm still doing help as much as I can, including my other people, my other family members living or that I left behind in El Salvador. I have some older uh, siblings, and as uh, so you know, we are getting older, and sometimes they need help. And, uh, and that's what I, I've been doing. And that's one of the changes and, and uh, that has been through my life. And, um, and I've been enjoying that. God is so graceful with everybody doing that. So it's, that's what we all should be doing too. Fantastic. Is there, is there any, any sort of advice you would leave? Um, you know, our generation, part of, part of what I do on this podcast is hope that uh, the listeners can feel inspired and recognize certain moments in their life that, you know, they can capitalize when it occurs, if it hasn't occurred yet, or if they're going through something personal or, you know, uh, that compromises their safety, like in your story, that they can recognize that and actually turn it into an opportunity to change their life, or move forward and, and continue, uh, you know, in their in their progress for their life. Um, so is there any, any suggestion or any, um, anything you would say to this generation to, to be able to 
have recognized, you know, these opportunities and potentially, you know, give back and how to um, also have an impact on the world. Yeah, I think it's, uh, 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 I feel in the same, the same group as being now a Canadian and living in Canada for a long time, even though I came from another country. Uh, it was, uh, I, I am an immigrant too. So I, I will suggest that anybody who is living in Canada either was born in, in, in Canada or emigrated from uh, different countries while being so young. And now this generation is, they have to uh, accept the fact of there are so many people, so many poor people and many people in uh, different situations where they can do or they might need to do some changes in life. Like uh, those, those people that came recently to Canada and were accepted as refugees from all those different countries, especially uh, up in back close to Europe, like uh, Syrians, Syrian peoples and, and, and Afghanistan, all those countries. So there is a lot, a lot of poor people around the world. And we are so, um, so happy to be here in, in a country like as Canada where there is a lot of good things, as you mentioned, is to me is one of the healthiest countries to live in. And there is the system is so so good for everybody. There is no restrictions as to only for one group. So I will say any person living in those poor countries might enjoy or might be happy to come over. So I will say generations and new generations in Canada should be able to uh, accept the situation and accept people that are coming in. And if it is possible to bring a hand for anybody to help, that will be, there will be a reward if you do that. So that's something that it that, that it can be appreciated by anybody so that Every, that will everybody. be yeah so i think that, that will be a good message for uh, new generations because i believe there, yeah. are, there are so many people that don't know too much of that they haven't lived the situation and sometimes it's it's, it's not easy to 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 capture the 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 tense or bad situation for others and uh, yes, yeah. So 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 it's good just to know that that is happening and and uh, be able to help somebody. Yes, yes. To be with arms, welcome with arms wide open and lend a hand. That's correct because of the we are immigrants. We immigrated, and somebody else is coming in. So we have to open our heart. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Uh, Walter, so we've um, we've spent quite a bit of time here, and I, and I really appreciate your time. Um, I do have um, one other question to ask you. Okay. And uh, I'd like to ask a little bit of a fun question towards the end of our show, usually. Um, so the question for you is, what is the worst thing that the government could make illegal? 
what is the worst thing that the government could make illegal? Well, I just based on what we just discussed, the worst thing that the government might make illegal is to accept refugees from poor countries. Well, good answer. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. Based on our conversation, that is and would be the worst thing that they could uh, make illegal. Very good, Walter. Thank you yes. so much for your time. And okay. uh, if, if ever in the future we can have you on again, uh, we would love to have you on. Uh, always great chatting with you. I look forward to seeing you soon as well. And uh, again, this has been Alejandro from Catalyst Radio with my guest here today, Walter Sereno. I will leave some information in the show notes in regards to the book that he mentioned early on, Catch and Kill. And um, for everybody listening here, as I always say, I don't know if I can promise you uh, a conversation, another catalytic, catalytic conversation on a weekly basis. But when I do, I promise to bring you conversations of value. So with that, we'll chat soon. And thank you very much for being with us today. Okay. For now. Thank you for having me. Okay. Bye. -bye.